She's all yours, Joe. Thanks, Phil. Jeez, how'd you get stuck with the graveyard shift at a museum? Heck, Phil, you know what they say. Only thing better than daytime at the museum is that time that is the opposite of daytime at the museum. Well said. Say hello to the wife for me, will ya? Which one? Surprise me. Hey, <laughs> you got it. See you tomorrow, Joe. Ah, uh, the time where instead of the sun, there's the moon in the sky at the museum. You know, all these exhibits seem to come alive at night. Well, no, no, not actually come alive, only in a manner of speaking. <laughs> Could you imagine? Who's there? Some teenagers sneaking in? Well, you can't scare me. The only thing that would give me a fright is a full animated T-Rex skeleton staring me in the face. What fun we would have! That a gun? Mm-hmm. Pressing into the back of my head? Mm-hmm. Wanna hear about how I'm trying to reconnect with my son? Episode 3, The Plight of the Poltergeist. Better shave that stubble, cause here comes trouble to the deceptively quiet town of River Heights. Sole law enforcer, Officer Bumpus, is allowed only one crime per day, and the clock just struck midnight. We find ourselves at the scene of the crime, the internationally renowned River Heights Thrift Store Museum. Ah, jeez, this don't look too good. There ain't enough crullers in Bavaria to pay for this crime. Where are crullers from? Officer Bumpus! Ah, cripes alive! Nancy Drew, what are you doing here? I could ask you the same question. You could, but will you? What are you doing here? Damn, she called my bluff. Well, it's trouble if I ever saw it. I could tell that much by your freshly shaven face. I want details, officer. What happened here? Moy the most foul. Joe, the night security guard, was shot in the head. But we got no moiter weapon, no sign of forced entry. Only thing we do got is a crumpled up note in the victim's packet that reads, Owen Wilson's a cowboy, but like tiny. Sounds like we've got a mystery on our hands. You can say that again, but thanks for not. Just an expression. Wait a minute. What are you doing up past bedtime? Oh, I don't... I mean, I couldn't sleep, officer. Hmm. You have been drinking your bile? Because we mixed the sleep right in. Well, I could ask you the same question. And I will. Uh, why aren't you sleeping? I never touch this stuff anymore. No need. I drink sleep now. The professor mixed it up special. Is that right? Ah, yes. The professor. A reclusive inventor and scientist, the professor was once Nancy's greatest ally until one particular experiment resulted in a painful falling out. Well, painful for the professor. Nancy landed on the mattress. <sighs> Tastes like mulch, but in a way that makes sense. You want to see the body? I think I've seen all I need. 
Do you have any idea who would want to kill poor Joe Schmo? It's actually pronounced Skmo and Skno. I haven't the foggiest. Then it's time to get cracking. Thanks, Officer Bumpus. Enjoy your sleep. I always do. <laughs> Wait, is this amphetamines? <laughs> nah, those ain't real. The case was on. But where to begin? She could check in with Bess and George, but they were preoccupied with... Bedtime activities. Sleeping. They're asleep. And without a companion to bounce ideas off of, she was a sitting duck. I don't need companions. It's just a preference. And ducks don't sit. You ever see a duck sit? I'm looking at one right now. You little duck. Look who's got a mouth on them tonight. You just wait till I solve this thing and then I'm gonna rip Pass you. out from exhaustion at 6 a.m. like you do every morning? Yeah, do that. Wait a minute. Say that again. I hate you. That's it! I know exactly who to wrestle up at this time of night for a little hanky-panky sleuthy-woothy. <sighs> A hop-skip and a half-mile jump away from downtown River Heights was the affluent neighborhood of Chestnut Hills, where every house has their very own cul-de-sac, as per Mayor Spieff's Money Equals Privacy initiative. In the centermost cul-de-sac stood an impressive mansion, where Nancy Drew was currently launching a concentrated battery of tiny pebbles at an unsuspecting bedroom window. Come on, you sexy cardigan with legs. Open up! Is it really raining pennies from heaven? <laughs> I knew every song I heard is a true story. Take that, academia. Meet Ned Nickerson. Wealthiest teenager in the lower 48 and full-time boyfriend to Nancy Drew. After the private and public high schools were integrated as part of the mayor's Now We Can Afford a Roof initiative, Nancy found Ned's G-spot within the first seven minutes of meeting. They've been going steady ever since. Just because the wheels on the bus go round and round does not mean every song is a true story, Ned. Nancy, babe, you just missed the pennies. What are you doing standing on the ground like a poor? I need you tonight, Nettie. I've got some sleuthing to do, and I just gotta have you there with me. But it's past bedtime, doll. I drank a full cup and a half of bile before bed and was having the most beautiful dream that the number four was abolished and replaced with three... <laughs> the perfect combination of three and five. If you come with me tonight, I'll make sure your sweet dreams are made of... These. Yowza, who am I to disagrees? I'll be right down. Twenty minutes later, Ned crept out the back door. Sorry for the wait, but it's like Mother says, a milk bath rushed is a milk bath wasted. We'd better hurry up then. It's almost the witching hour. More like the twitching hour. Shush! And we don't have a single clue. Who would want to kill poor Joe Scamal? Wow, I've been pronouncing his name wrong this whole time. Uh, maybe it doesn't have anything to do with the who. Maybe. It has to do with my little where. dick. No, you're right. That makes more sense. The where. Someone broke into the River Heights Thrift Store Museum. Internationally renowned. And things got messy. But why did they break in? Beats me. Real crime is so 
barbaric. Why can't everyone just do fake crimes like embezzlement and housing discrimination? I think we need to learn more about thrift stores. I'd say we should visit the museum, but it's closed due to murder. I've got it! Let's go to the actual thrift store. They're open 24-7. Will we be touching things? I'll fetch my touching gloves. 20 more minutes later. A glove bath rushed as a glove bath wasted. Nancy and Ned found their way to a quaint corner shop. Lit up with neon lights that read, Job's Closet, second-hand store, open 24 hours. The door was propped open and that musty ammonia but not exactly old cat smell was spilling into the street. Confession time. I've never been in one of these before. A thrift store? A one-story building. I just don't understand. Where does it go? Absolutely nowhere. Come on. Hello, welcome to Job's Closet, thrift store for the rest of us. My name is Lola Granola. May I interest you in a coat that almost fits? Not tonight, Lola. How about a pair of sunglasses with the now defunct company logo on the side? No, thank you. How about an oversized t-shirt from someone's family reunion? Nope. Table legs? Just a bunch of table legs? Miss Granola, we're here to rustle up some clues about the murder at the museum tonight. There was a murder during the night at the museum? I know, right? Nighttime is when you would expect the least amount of excitement to occur at a museum. Well, unless there was something supernatural at play. Hmm. Would the supernatural something occur during the day? No, only at night. At the museum. Focus, people! Nothing supernatural happened in the museum. It was a murder, plain and simple. You're right. The only supernatural occurrences are those here in the store. In... This store? Of course. Didn't you know this place is haunted? Haunted? What do you mean, haunted? This building is cursed by an evil spirit that ruins inventory, wrecks displays, and scares customers away. Job's Closet is the 32nd thrift store to operate on this property. Every other store is closed within six months because of the ghost. Wait a minute. There have been 32 thrift stores in this location? So that's why there's a nationally renowned museum dedicated to the history of thrift stores in this town. But just like that one true story goes, I ain't afraid of no ghosts. We're five and a half months in. And I'm not gonna let some spirit ruin my thrift store. Just then, the walls started shaking. What's going on? Is that supposed to happen? Oh no. Shelves holding up way too many cooking utensils began collapsing. Not again. The children's toy section with no good children's toys sprung alive with a clamor. There's no way those batteries work. We've got to get out of here, Nancy. I'm only insured for jet and yacht accidents, not ghost attacks. Lola Granola, this place is going down. Leave me be. I won't let this spirit win. As long as our changing rooms are unable to lock, I will fight back. And beginning with that one drop ceiling tile with the weird orange stain on it, Job's closet began to collapse. Run, kids! Find out the truth! Find out what happened in this place! Go! We're already 
right? What did you say? Remember me not for having the slowest credit card machine in the world, but for that aesthetically pleasing way I organized the t-shirt colors. Like a rainbow. Goodbye. It's gone. Just like 31 times before. So they, like, never mop that floor, right? <laughs> Follow-up question. What's a mop? Ned, it looks like that place is haunted. What do you think? Oh, shoot. Uh, you, you didn't tell me I would have to think. Uh, uh, can you come back to me? God, you're sexy when you're stupid. And you're always stupid. Oh, Nancy, make me feel like the little girl I am. Not yet. We've got to get to the bottom of this. Right now? Well, if you insist. The bottom of the case, Ned. The mystery. Then it's been almost an hour, so I need to change. These clothes are filthy, and I'm practically dribbling from your teasing. Another. Twenty minutes later. A scrotal bath rushed is a scrotal bath wasted. Ned and Nancy found their way to City Hall, where a neon sign proudly declared, Open 24 hours. A familiar-looking face greeted them as they approached the entrance. Nancy Drew and Mr. Nickerson! If you're looking to fool around in City Hall past bedtime, I'm afraid we have a strict over-the-clothes policy, so you'll have to come back with a sweater or at least a light jacket. Sorry, Night Watchman's Beef. Not this time. Besides, Ned's all out of juice. And my urethra is nearly clamped shut with inflammation. <laughs> I remember my high school days. What can I help you with? We've got some questions about the town, one building in particular, and what happened to it in the past. Think you can help us? Me? No, I'm just a humble night watchman. But Chief Historian Speef might be in. Let me check. Look who it is. What can I do for you lovebirds? Hello, Town Historian Speef. We wanted to ask you about the history of a certain building. A good thing we're open 24 hours. I was just about to put on a fresh pot of mulch. Can I interest you in a cup? But I thought you didn't like Sleaf. Only at first. But Chief Spee's grief with Sleaf was brief. Now it's my favorite nighttime relief. I think it's the professor's greatest invention. Want some, Nancy? No, thank you. Suit yourself. What building would you like to know the history of, then? The one where the money lists share bedbugs. He means the thrift store. That's it. The thrift store. Are you sure? We have reason to believe it's haunted. So we're trying to trace back to what might have haunted it to begin with. I knew this day would come. Would you two mind if I drank heavily? Not at all. It's a father's prerogative. I'm not surprised to hear that place is haunted. It was the epicenter of the darkest time in our town's history. No one dares speak of what happened there. But I'll tell you, and maybe we can lay to rest what evil occurred there once and for all. You know that River Heights was a footloose town until 1986, right? Mm-hmm. As was custom. That building on the corner of Threve and Mulligan, where the thrift store is now, was originally a music hall we footleased from the government called the Radio Shack. Uh, we later changed the name to the Music Barn after being accused of trademark infringement by Shaquille O'Neal. It was the only place in town to listen to music. And so it went, youths and olds alike, politely tapping a foot 
to nice, tame music. No dancing, no jiving, no fuss. That was until that fateful day in March of 1986 when West End Girls by the Pet Shop Boys came on in the shack. We had never heard anything like it. A driving, infectious beat, soulful, poppy singing, and then sort of not singing but not exactly regular talking. It was a revelation. Everyone in town flocked to the music barn to groove and jam to this sweet, sweet music. Even old bum ticker Johnson sprung out of his wheelchair to dance the night away. After Johnson's funeral, the National Guard arrived to ask us to please stop calling nearby radio stations and requesting the Pet Shop Boys. So we built our own radio station. We were addicted. We couldn't get enough Pet Shop Boys. It was a holiday whenever an album was released. Everything shut down so we could all boogie along to these androgynous demagogues of sensational synth pop. They were like gods to us. I named my firstborn son Introspective after their third studio album. This was a golden age for River Heights. Unemployment was down, the economy was booming, pre-crime was fictional, and virility per square inch was through the roof. Then, in 2002, it all came crashing down. Their eighth studio album, titled Release. What? What happened? Where was the groove? Where was the boogie? Gone. Abandoned in favor of piano and guitar-driven trifles. It was easily the greatest national tragedy of the early 2000s. And the people... They rioted. Town Hall was sacked again. I myself was given a forced appendectomy, and they burned the music barn to the ground. In the smoldering remains, they dug a pit and buried every last record, CD, and miscellaneous memorabilia of the Pet Shop Boys. When I awoke the next day, bleeding from my appendix hole, the deed was done. The smoke cleared, and nothing but a flat, empty dirt lot remained. I stood up, passed out, stood up again, passed out again, woke up, crawled to a trash can, nourished myself on discarded orzo salad, then stood up, passed out again, but that time only from standing up too quickly, woke up and immediately changed my son's legal name to Redacted to avoid public humiliation. Since then, only people who run thrift stores have been weird enough to build on that cursed ground. We tried to warn them, but they wouldn't listen. You mean... That's right, Nancy. That thrift store is built atop a pet shop boy's cemetery. Wow, Chief Historian Spief. I had no idea our town's history was tied so closely to the discography of the pet shop boys. Follow-up question. Who are the Pet Shop Boys? Lola Granola was right! All that betrayal and frustration, festering, and the way everything went haywire in there. If I didn't know any better, and I don't, I'd say we've got a poltergeist on our hands! A p-p-p-poltergeist? How do you stop one of those? You don't. You just have to leave it alone until it gets bored and moves on. Rats! I can't stop! 
stand leaving a case like this. It makes me want to bite my fingernails off. Of course, Nancy had long since bitten her fingernails off. A fact she hid with carefully painted cornflakes and glue. Well, there might be a way to help, after all. There is? Well, spit it out! Hurry! I'm impatient because I'm rich! I hear tell the professor's working on some sort of spectral weapon that can curtail the incorporeal. Hooray! No, not hooray, Ned! If we have to see the professor tonight, I can guarantee our visit will not be a pleasant one. In fact, I suspect it might be unpleasant. What's that mean? It's like when your glass of lemonade has a little too much ice in it. How horrible. Looks like you've got a tough road ahead of you, kids. I don't envy you one bit. What's envy mean? It's when you're upset over something someone else has that you don't. I don't understand. Thank you for your help, Historian Spieth. Tell the night guardsman I said goodbye, will ya? Which one? Eh, surprise me. Nancy, I don't know. Can we really fight a ghost? Come on, Ned. What's there to worry about? I've got the brains. You've got the looks. Let's make lots of money. (laughs) At last, the path was clear, the action set, and Nancy didn't like it one bit. Nancy, what's going on? Your face is doing sort of a reversey smile. It's called a frown, Ned. So that's a frown. I always wondered what it looked like. Guests and help aren't allowed to do that in the house, so I've never known. Can't say I'm very fond of it. It's the professor. I swore I'd never return. But thinking about that ghost floating around, not being killed by me, I can't stand it. Sacrifice must be made. What sacrifice? It's when you give up something precious of yours for the greater good. (laughs) This is a funny night. Hidden away on the edge of town was an oddly plain-looking factory building. Besides the neon sign declaring it open 24 hours, no discernible features identified ownership, activity, or even function. During the daytime, that is. But now, in the dead of night, the structure was as exciting as a museum. Windows lit from within by sparks, flashes and beams, booms, crashes and crackles, as someone worked through the night. Here goes. I wonder what tea they'll serve. It's a laboratory. Oh, I could survive one tea time without biscotti. Really, Nancy? Whoever you are, I'm a busy woman. I don't have time to answer the door every... Well, how about that? Meet the Professor. A prodigy of natural philosophy, Candace Wren soared through the ranks of every scientific discipline she could find. After achieving her third doctorate by age 19, Candy taught everything she knew at several universities across the globe but quickly grew frustrated with the time teaching took from her research and chose to settle in River Heights to accept the mayor's generous Please Help Improve Our Terrible Infant Mortality Rate grant. Candy taught the local doctors how to wash their hands and used the rest of the money to buy the old history brand asbestos factory to experiment in. With no more obstacles in her way, the professor 
as the locals now called her, began fabricating marvelous inventions that pushed the bounds of physics and engineering. It was only until after she began collaborating with one Nancy Drew that the experiments shifted to pushing the bounds of not only science, but of that which lies beyond. That's enough of an introduction! But I didn't even mention the accident that left her. Nancy, I see you're still talking to no one. Hello, young man, I'm Professor Wren. Forgive me if I don't rise to shake your hand. Not at all. I'm Ned Dickerson, and I use a wheelchair myself after a long hour of croquet. I'm afraid my injuries were sustained in a slightly more dangerous scenario. Isn't that right, Nancy? <laughs> Badminton. Well, you might as well come on in. To what do I owe this pleasure? I wouldn't show my face around here if it wasn't important, Professor. There's a poltergeist destroying our local thrift store. Which, now that I say it out loud, doesn't sound like too much of an issue, but... Without at least one thrift store, this community would collapse up around the simulations. Basements would fill up with sort of broken exercise equipment and closets would explode with hats you promised you'd wear. This is ridiculous. If you want to get rid of something, just leave it on the floor. It's gone by the time you get back from the bathroom. The mayor let it slip that you might have something that can hurt a ghost. Shit. I knew I shouldn't have confided in him. But damn, does that man know how to drink heavily. Over here. The professor wheeled around the corner to a large room with thick wires crawling across the floor and ceiling like encroaching roots, culminating in the center seemingly powering a trapped beam of pale green light, inside of which floated an ordinary Phillips-head screwdriver. I've been trapping ectoparticles for years, but only recently discovered how to bind them to anything solid. I was going to use that cool sword over there. The professor gestured to a sword discarded on the ground that was, indeed, pretty cool. But that screwdriver slipped out of my hands while I was finishing up the machine and soaked up all that ghost goo instead. And it'll kill a ghost? I mean, yeah. As good as a screwdriver can kill anything. And it's safe to just take? Long as you don't have vengeful thoughts. Ned, maybe you should grab it. You got it, babe. Ned slurped his hand into the green beam and easily removed the screwdriver. I've never held a tool before, so this is how they built the pyramids. We'll get it back to you as soon as we're done killing the ghost. Why don't you hang on to it? I'd rather not be interrupted again. Hey, what's that big arch thing? Ned pointed to a large semicircle of metal and black glassy stone erupting from the ground. Dark and imposing. It pulsed with a curious energy, humming a pitchless yet familiar tune, like a memory of home. That's your cue to leave. It was lovely meeting you, Ned. I hope you two get your ghost. And Nancy? Yes, Professor? Don't come back. I'd say that went well, but... My social recognition skills are drastically underdeveloped. That's an oddly self-aware thing to say, Ned. Is it? That's just one of my conversation cards Mother gave me for situations where I don't know what to do. For example, this one says, Your softest armchair, please. And this next one, No vaccination for me, thanks. Do you have a card that says, Let's go kill us a ghost? Uh. Oh, uh, closest I've got is... 
Don't shoot or my family's assassin will enact slow retribution. Perfect. By the time Nancy and Ned made it back to the ruined remains of Job's closet, Lola Granola had just finished crawling out of the rubble. Have no fear, Miss Granola. We're going to solve your ghost problem once and for all. You! (coughs) You just... (coughs) Christ! Left me there. I called for help for an hour. Both my legs are broken. You knew I was in there. How could you just abandon me? What do you have to say for yourselves? Your softest armchair, please. I know you're in pain, and I don't care that you are, but does the building have a basement or cellar entrance? In the back, by the washing machines we say we use. I think it's still intact. Bingo. Come on, Ned. Okay. Wait. Can you at least call the healer's brigade? We've already left. What did you say? Just as Lola reported, in the back of the building, next to a suspiciously underused washing machine, was a menacing set of stairs leading down, only partially obscured by a bath mat. Or maybe a towel. Could be both. It looks pretty dark down there, Nance. Nancy clicked on her handy flashlight. Ah, take the light with you. Clever, clever. Stay close behind me, Ned. Don't touch anything you'd send your butler to touch first. The stairs wound down, lower and lower, until they spilled Nancy and Ned onto a musky, dirt-floored cellar. This is the strangest carpet I've ever seen. Ned, look! There are records embedded in the walls. Behavior? Bilingual? (gasps) Please? Uh, Nancy, I'm not allowed to say these words. It's the pet shop, boys. We're close. Wait, do you hear something? From the far corner of the room came a gruff, wobbly voice, accompanied by a sickly blue glow. Yeah, Jerry, I didn't do a thing. Again, I'm trying to haunt the best I can, but I can't get a word in edgewise before the whole place comes tumbling down. What the heck am I supposed to do? Honestly, I've never considered reassignment before, but it's a lost cause over here, man. Stop right there, ghost! Wait, we're attacking? Uh, 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 don't touch me with your laborer's hands. Hey, Jen, I'm gonna have to call you back. Your time terrorizing this thrift store is over! Lady, I don't know what you think is going on here, but I ain't been terrorizing nothing. But that soiled bedsheet emporium above us is destroyed. I think we got a misunderstanding here. Let's start over. Uh, hi? I'm Plunt, the poltergeist. So you admit it. And yes, I was certainly sent here to screw with the folks of this lot. I mean, look at all this crap. Who knew people could feel so strongly about the pet shop boys? You keep their sacred name out of your slimy mouth. What I'm trying to tell you is I haven't had a chance to do anything. When I first got assigned here, I was ready to flick us some lights, ooze a few walls, you know, that sort of thing. And before I can crack my knuckles and get to work, the whole place collapses on its own accord. 
What are you getting at? Every time I try to rustle up some mischief, the damn store beats me to it. Everyone thinks this place is haunted, and they're right, technically, but I haven't done a thing. These thrift stores poltergeist themselves. I don't want the place to fall over. I just want to mess with things a bit. You didn't think it odd a poltergeist was ruining his own place of polter? I just assumed all common folk buildings collapse this often. Well, regardless, you're still a ghost and represent potential harm to the community. So I'm going to take you out. Nancy drew the spectral screwdriver and pointed it at the poltergeist named Plunt. No need, sister. I can't take another minute in this town. I am out of here. In fact, I'm putting River Heights on the no-haunt list. I wouldn't wish this on a ghoul. Wow, Nancy. Looks like this mystery just solved itself. But I wanted to kill a ghost. Yeah, you and my ex-wife. Fine. Whatever, just get out of here. My pleasure. You know, the way you brandished that screwdriver so threateningly reminds me of this one time that we got invaded by... Wait a second. Is that... Nancy Drew? That's quite enough out of you, Plunt. Help! Help! Oh, some ghost! Any ghost! Help me, please! Yes. Yes! Is there anything sweeter than the second death? <laughs> uh, Nancy? I, I think you got him. Oh, yeah, this is this is just for me. I don't think I have a card for this one. Ooh, actually, how about you will be billed for this trauma? Oh, I needed that. You ever bury a ghost, Ned? Mother says we have men for that. Watch this. And with a well-placed kick... The spectral corpse of Plunt the Poltergeist slipped through the ground, hurtling towards the Earth's core, never to be seen again. Ignoring the now unconscious form of Lola Granola outside, Nancy pocketed the screwdriver for later use and began carrying Ned back to his mansion in Chestnut Hills, as his legs were tired and couldn't possibly last him the whole walk back. There's just one thing I don't understand. What's that, little girl? Well... Two things. One, how are we even alive at this hour? Mother says people who stay up past nine disintegrate by morning light. Your mother's a liar. I'm your mommy now. <laughs> you just made my Nedlet unfurl. Mm-hmm. And what's the second thing? Who killed poor Joe Skmo at the museum? It didn't seem to have anything to do with the poltergeist. In fact... I'd venture to say it was downright unrelated. You're right. I guess this case isn't solved after... Wait a minute. What's this in my pocket? Father's revolver? With one round fired? (laughs) Museum dust all over my clothes? Well, some cases are just meant to be left unsolved. Just like some automotive accelerants are meant to be left unchugged. Well... 
here we are. Looks like we still have another hour before Mother wakes up for her sunrise yogurt. Do you want to carry me upstairs? Only if you put on that little red number I like. I've had it on under my clothes this whole time. Love can be found in the most unlikely of places, with the most unlikely participants. A teenage she-witch and her milk-toast boy toy. A ridiculously named woman and her thrift store. But just like the love between a certain town in Illinois and the music of the pet shop boys, no love is immune to the serrated blade of betrayal. Are you strong enough to withstand such a cut? Will you stick around to stitch up such a wound? What will you say when your lover looks you in the eye and says, Where have you been? Who have you seen? You didn't call when you said you would. Better drink your bile and lie down. This will all seem like a bad dream come morning. That's what I'm counting on anyway. Sleep tight, River Heights. <laughs>